0: Whoa!
1: We're going to begin our program by quoting from a very time-honored but wonderful little pamphlet by a very, very well-known Jesuit Byzantine Catholic priest. His name is Father Robert Taft. He's a Jesuit, and he's a world-famous liturgist. He's been one of the biggest names, if not the name, in Byzantine liturgy for many, many decades. And this little pamphlet he wrote some time ago is called Eastern Rite Catholicism, Its Heritage and Vocation. And from this little pamphlet, I'm going to read a little quote from Father Taft's work. He says, The Eastern Catholic is not disturbed by the fact that his right is less widespread than another. His worship is meaningful to him because it is intimately his, not because it is also yours. That is, his religion, his worship, should be inextricably bound up with the history and life of his people— That he should worship God in a language that is the fruit of his own culture, with a liturgy which preserved not only the faith, but also the sense of national unity of his forefathers during the dark days of oppression. This is what matters. That Italians and Irishmen do things differently does not surprise him. It is precisely what he would expect. The intimate union of religion, nation, culture contains dangers, of course, but it has given the Eastern churches a deep sense of responsibility for their church. In both lungs of the church, Latin rite and the Eastern rites, there is, of course, many people who step up and give of their time, their talents, their efforts, their treasure in really what would be unsung heroic ways for the good of the church. In the Eastern Catholic churches, there is a particular genius to this, probably because we're small. And as you just heard from this quote from Father Taft, there's a sense of Culture, family, church—it all comes together in a very, a very palpable way in the Eastern churches. And you often find a great deal of involvement by the male participation, the male membership in the Eastern Catholic churches. We had an experience of that recently. I mean, we always do in my particular church of Annunciation in Homer Glen, Illinois. But in particular, there was an involvement by the men of the parish. A few of the men of the parish, in particular for what was a time of real need in our church. It had to do with the repair of the central dome of our church. We have five gold domes, which of course are characteristic of the Eastern churches, its architecture. But we had five of them, the central one being the most prominent one. It's like a grand crown that crowns our church. It's seen from all over. And that crown needed repair much more than we realized. So we got some of the men together And they stepped up and volunteered to do two things, to repair the dome and set it back up on that roof of the church, which was a rather perilous and risky project, but also to raise money for the repair. And one man in particular stepped up to do what is a heroic, and in some sense, almost a life-threatening effort. He stepped up to participate in what's called the Iron Man Competition, I want to welcome the Iron Man of Annunciation Church to our program today. His name is Adam Lewickis. Adam, welcome to Light of the East. Glory to Jesus Christ.
2: Glory to him forever.
1: Well, Adam, let's start by explaining to the listeners why you decided to enter into this Iron Man race. And we'll talk about exactly what that race was like, that competition was like. But what made you what made you want to do that?
2: Well, thank you for having me on, Father Tom. One of the reasons why I did that was um, it's always kind of been a dream of mine. They call it the, I guess for us Ironmen, they call it the Iron Dream. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, The
1: rest of us is a nightmare.
2: <laughs> yeah, yes, that's for sure. Yeah, it could be a, a very daunting task. And you kind of get this Iron Dream like you want to do this race, but you need to really just summon enough strength and enough courage to actually do this race too. So it's not something you just kind of decide over the weekend you want to do either too, because it does take an enormous amount of dedication to go into this too. And I guess you could say about five years ago is when I kind of really started considering it. And um, there's a uh, many, many different things that went into me really finally deciding it too. But one of those things was uh, my faith as well too. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of the biggest things that helped me decide to make this decision to want to do this race on top of that too was that I knew that I could summon strength and through faith and through prayer on top of that too that I would be able to overcome certain things that I was not even prepared to start this race with either too like you know a couple of things one thing off the bat was I did not know how to athletically swim or aerodynamically on top of that too and that was going to be a large hurdle too Um, I didn't even own a bike to be honest with you either And the furthest I ever had ran was eight miles. So I had many obstacles ahead of me, too. (laughs) And I knew through faith and prayer on top of that, too, that I would be able to get over some of these hurdles and and just, you know, making that dedication to this race as well, too, that really wanted that that I was able to kind of push myself. But then it really all kind of came together uh, one one, uh, afternoon at church. And I listened to your homily about stepping up and, and and really helping the church out. And especially with the dome, I kind of was able to really kind of connect those two. And it was kind of like a light bulb went on. And I said, aha, here it is. Here's this moment. It was almost like God himself was like, Adam, you need to do this to fix the dome. And that's kind of where I came up with the idea. And that's really where I got the strength to do this, too, was giving back to the church. And I thought that was probably the most important way that at the time that I could help out and help fix the dome and help the church as
1: well. So what you did was you entered this competition, this Iron Man competition yes. and and then that was to inspire people then to sense support you on it by giving donating towards the dome project. So as you ran, then we donated it was like a way of supporting you and you were going to do this to inspire us to step up and to not only fix the dome, but also to, you know, come up with the uh, monies needed to do this work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us about the, the Ironman itself, the competition. What, what 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 was this about? What exactly did you do?
2: So the Ironman uh, race is a triathlon at heart. What it is, it's, it, it's actually the longest version of a triathlon or the longest mileage, I guess you could say. So it equals 140 miles altogether. And what that consists of is swimming, biking, and running. So what you do is you swim 2.4 miles. And to break that down, it's about like 4,200 yards. That's equivalent to swimming like 42 football fields, <laughs> um, to put that in perspective. And then um, there's a 112-mile bike ride that that follows after that. And then there's a 26.2 marathon run that follows after that too. And you have to do that all in order and with no breaks as well throughout the day. And that's something they that give you 17 hours to finish throughout the day. And it's it's a very grueling race. And it's something that, like I said, that you have to put a lot of time and dedication into. It's not something like running a 5K on the weekend for either too. And I figured that the enormous amount of this race and like what it entails and what it brings to would be something great to inspire people. Like, Hey, this guy is willing to, you know, put himself out there and even like people have died during this race. Sacrifice himself too on top of that, to like really raise awareness and say like, we need to get this dome fixed. Like I'm going to be, I will put my body on the line. But let's let's get inspired here. Let's let's raise some money. Let's fix this dome here and get this moving too.
1: You you mentioned that running was the last segment of this and it was how how far was it again?
2: twenty six point two miles, so that's a marathon. That's a marathon.
1: Too. You know, most people find it to be a life's achievement if they can even run one marathon and there's a lot of training that goes into that. You know, they have to jog every day and train and train and <laughs> just one marathon. And that was only one third of your competition. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yes i know i know it's it's i i'm still to be honest with you too father tom i'm still like in awe of this accomplishment too on top of that i can't even understand or process some of these things right now still too i'm still having trouble with that too but it's like i i can't even believe that too like a lot of people they train their whole entire life just to run a marathon yes and and that is an accomplishment all on its own too and that's it's wonderful. I mean, if anybody could run a marathon, that's just an a great athletic achievement in itself too. But then I guess you could say I was almost uh, crazy enough to put a 2.4 mile swim and a 112 mile bike ride before I ran the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: now in 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 route to the the big one, the Ironman, you ah. you did what was called a half iron?
2: Yes, yeah. There, so there's a half Ironman distance which is Everything cut in half, essentially, so it's 70 miles as opposed to 140
1: miles. And you mentioned that you hardly knew how uh, to—you didn't even have a bike. In fact, your statistics uh, that you shared with me, it seemed like you did really well. Uh, You did really well on all three of them because you did this whole thing. They allowed you 17 hours. You did it in, what, 13?
2: Yeah, I did it in about 13 hours, so the average— wisconsin ironman competitor they usually finish in about 13 hours and 45 minutes so i finished it a little over 13 hours so it's a little little bit above average
1: yes um
2: and the ironman course itself too especially the biking course is considered one of the most difficult in ironman history too so the bike alone itself is a very grueling course because there's over 4,000 feet of incline that you have to climb. Wow! Then you throw in another thousand of that on the marathon, so you're climbing about 5,000 feet of incline the whole entire race itself, too. And that's that's, it a, that's destroys a your body.
1: Yeah, and but you did your statistics, and we were we were able to monitor you through high tech high <laughs> <Our laughs> tech the high technology here. We were able to monitor your how you were doing, and it seems like you did very well on that leg of it, especially.
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I did. I did very well on the bike. Um, I was very impressed with my time. Actually, to be honest with you, I when I first signed up for this to Father Tom, I, I didn't think I was going to get anything lower than 15 hours. I, I was just running it to, you know, really raise awareness and, and bring some money back into the church and fix the dome. And uh, it kind of took on its, its own here, and I, it became a way of living for me. And not only a way of living for me, but also for my wife, Stephanie, too. And she sacrificed a lot for this, too. And um, it was it was a sacrifice on both of our sides, though, too. And it was something that I put a lot of time and dedication into. And I was very happy with what I ended up finishing with. I exceeded my expectations. I exceeded a lot of people's expectations, too, on top of that, too. And my mentors were very proud of me as well, too. And, and the... Everything seemed to go very well that day. Um, I struggled a little bit on the run with some calf spasms, but overall I was still able to finish uh, in 13 hours, though, and that, that was just extraordinary, and it was, it was special for me on top of that, too, to finish with that time.
1: Well, when we determined to talk more with our Ironman, the Ironman of Annunciation Parish, who is a living example of how men in particular step up and are involved in Eastern Catholic Church life
0: i'm father thomas Loyal on light of the east light of the east mission is christianity's reunion and to tell the story of the eastern lung of the catholic church we need your support in order to keep light of the east on the air you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com that's byzantinecatholic.com and then donate securely using any major credit card with your help we can keep light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at ByzantineCatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491 And may God grant you. You're
1: listening to Father Thomas Loyon on Light of the East. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. Today we're talking about, as I always mention in this program, you know, learning about the Eastern Churches is not just a history lesson, although history very much is a part of our coming to understand the Eastern lung of the church even better. But it's a living church. And part of that living church is the fact that the characteristic of Eastern Catholic Churches is such that the average prisoner basically feels very close to the church. They kind of put a lot of their heart into it. Certainly they do in Latin Rite churches as well. But in the Eastern churches, because we're small, and there's oftentimes a lot of cultural connection with Eastern Catholic churches, there's a real tendency to, to have a parishioner put their heart into their church, to really step up. And it's also true among the male population, and probably a unusually higher percentage. A lot of times we talk about the church today as being something where a lot of the men seem to be missing in action. But in Eastern Catholic churches, there is a relatively high percentage of male involvement, and men tend to step up into their parish when it's needed. And we're talking with one of those men who did that recently at Annunciation Church for a special project for our dome repair project, and he stepped up in a way that we call the Iron Man, the Iron Man competition. So, this is the Iron Man of Annunciation Parish, Adam Lewickis, that we're talking with today. Adam, I want to ask you about the spiritual dimension of what you did here. In other words, in your preparation for it, well, you mentioned, you did mention that you did this out of a sense of not just a personal goal, but a sense of wanting to give to God and to the church, to step up and to kind of combined an ambition of yours, a personal ambition, with giving to the church in need. And our church in need was this Dome Repair Project, where we needed people to work, to volunteer, to keep the cost down, but also to raise money. And you inspired people to raise money for this. So, during the race, and during even before that, during the, your leading up to it, you know, your training for it, and so on. Like I said, you didn't even have a bike, and you, you didn't know that much about the dynamics of competitive swimming. You had to learn all that. You have to do all. You had to do a lot of things that were not totally foreign to you, but weren't necessarily part of your day-to-day existence. <laughs> and you did it very, very well. You did a seventeen-hour race in a thirteen-hour time frame. So what was going on with you in terms of your faith spiritually in this whole thing?
2: Well, I mean, it, it really kind of started from day one, just summing enough courage. And, uh, you know, one, one Bible verse I always kind of keep to heart, too, which was uh, Philippians 4.13, which is, I could do all things through him who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of was always like, I guess you could say, like my mantra. Like, yes. That was always something I always looked up to. And when I was training, when I would have like, oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to learn how to swim? How am I going to um, really summon up my like, strength to go into a 17-hour competition and be able to keep my body and help and, and keep it from withstanding the abuse and still be able to complete this race and finish this? And, you know, I turned to God a lot. And I had a lot of prayer before I learned those things too. And and I, he really ended up helping me with the courage to really summon it up and be able to actually learn how to swim athletically, uh, learn how to bike competitively, and then on top of that too, run long distances on top of that too, because I, I never even ran longer than eight miles too. And this was a very daunting task and uh Without that faith aspect to it, too, I, I, don't, I don't think that I would have been able to achieve the goal that I was looking for on top of that, too. I think it also helped me achieve another level that I didn't even know that my body was capable of at the time either.
1: And I want to make sure the audience understands that you're an athlete anyway. You're athletic. You play hockey, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've 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 been a dedicated hockey fan and player for my whole entire life. <laughs> well, that, too, So
1: talk about daunting sport. So, you know that already. And yet here you are an athlete that knows about having courage, facing injury challenges and stuff like that, kind of going going beyond, you know, hitting the wall and still pressing on, you know, that already. And yet this task was even greater than anything you've done before.
2: This is this was to me one of the highest athletic achievements that a person can even uh, accomplish.
1: But also, to to me, an incredibly spiritual one because to me it was such a metaphor parallel for the spiritual life. Because as you mentioned here, as we're listening to your your account of your experience, you had to use courage, you had to have faith, trust, discipline, and you had to do what so oftentimes is the challenge of all of us spiritually. You had to go beyond yourself. You had to push past your threshold. Did did you at certain times feel that so-called wall? Did you hit that wall at any point during the competition?
2: Yeah, during the competition there was a a very a mental and a spiritual struggle that you had to have and I knew that somebody was helping me and it was a it was a greater being. Like God was there. He was there with me the whole entire race. Mm. And he helped me get through some really tough times during the race. You never feel 100% during that race, and there's times where you're going to feel really good, and there's sometimes when you're going to feel really bad on top of that. And I knew that uh, if I was to use that faith aspect, that I would be able to get through those mental hurdles Mm -hmm. and and those physical struggles that I had, too. And most, most importantly, probably the largest struggle that I had was when I, when I was on the marathon portion of the race. And um, about in mile 10 into the 26 miles, my caps started uh, completely spasming. Ooh. Uh, my, my right one would, would tense up, and then my left one at points would just completely lock up to where I could not even run any further, and I had to stop. For about twenty or so seconds, and when I was stopping for that twenty or so seconds, that's when I would I would pray to God hmm. that that calf would start working again because I needed to get to that finish line, <laughs> and I had sixteen more miles to go. Wow, it was <laughs> I, I had <laughs> I struggled for the next sixteen miles, Father Tom. I I prayed every time that calf would completely lock up and spasm. I had to do that. Sixteen times.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
2: And and, uh, he was able to get me to that finish line and help me finish that race, too.
1: Not only did you finish, but for all of your faith and trust in God and your dedication your discipline, I want listeners to listen carefully. Our goal was to raise $30,000. And because of your dedication and your strength and your courage and your faith and your trust and your discipline, And your self-sacrifice, Adam, we ended up raising $43,000. We raised $13,000 over our goal for this project. So, God blessed you in many ways, because of you, we were blessed, and now we have some money left over that we can put towards the repairs of our smaller domes. But the big one was our central dome, you know, the crown of Annunciation, and you were able to do it for us. So you really are the Iron Man of Annunciation. But along with you, there were several other men who stepped up, and each one of them did it literally heroically. Some of them had health problems. In fact, one of them the head of our whole project, he only later learned afterwards, recently, he had a very significant heart problem that had to be tended to, and yet he worked like a man half his age on this dome. This dome project had aspects of it that were literally very, very dangerous. They were risky. There was chemicals involved. There was, uh, we had a big crane, had to lift that dome up, bring it down, put it back on. It had to fit like on a dime, and all that was very, very risky. We were working out in the heat. It was a 90 degrees inside that dome, outside that dome. We used chemicals, we used materials. It was tough. It was really, really tough. And there were a group of men like Adam, a, the team, a team of men who stepped up in dedication when their church needed them. I want to thank those men. I want to thank you, Adam, for what you did. You, you nailed it you broke it i know what language they use now they you 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 you, you uh, I crushed it you, crushed what it. is it yes yeah <laughs> you, yeah you crushed it you crushed it you crushed it for for yourself you crushed it for the parish you did it for god and i want to thank you and you are a witness to everybody listening there that yes indeed men can and do step up for their god and for their church and i thank you for doing all that you did and thank you for being with us today i am father thomas loya on light
0: of the east Monsignor Charles Pope. And I always say to my, my people, my parishioners, for you I'm your pastor, with you I'm your brother, but from you I'm your son because they have formed me so beautifully over the years and taught me to trust God and to praise God. And they brought the Holy Spirit alive in me in just ways I could never have imagined, you know, coming out of seminary. I had all the intellectual stuff in the seminary, but my priestly heart has been formed by my people.
1: Morning Glory, Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio.